Welcome to the Breezy Babies podcast where we talk about all things boobs, babies, and breastfeeding. This is episode 57, setting up for postpartum, especially with little or no help. I'm Bree, the IBCLC, and I made Breezy Babies with you in mind to help ease your transition into parenthood. Becoming a parent changes your life in every way imaginable. Bumps in the road are going to come up as you move into your new role, but my goal is to help smooth out those bumps and help you become the most confident parent you can be. With good education and support, I know you can meet your breastfeeding and parenting goals. Let's do this together. Hey, 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 I hope you are having a great day. Thank you so much for coming to listen in to the Breezy Babies podcast. I have a fun topic for you today. It's just me chatting with you today. This is a topic that you voted for on my Instagram. It's something that you wanted to learn more about. So hopefully that applies to you listening here right now. It probably does. Or you wouldn't have clicked on this podcast episode because you already saw the title of this podcast episode was all about preparing for the postpartum period. So that must be something that you're interested in, whether you are pregnant right now or already in the postpartum period. It can be really rough. And if you've never been through it before, You probably don't realize quite yet how rough it can be, but maybe you've heard from a friend or a neighbor just how tricky those days, weeks, months, even after giving birth can be. So I am really excited about this topic today because I have some tips for you, of course, some top three tips on how to make your postpartum period a bit more breezy. I wish I could make it totally easy, but, you know, there's still going to be some bumps in the road when it comes to that time period after having a baby. But my whole goal with this episode today is to just give you some tips and tricks to help you smooth out some of those bumps in the road, even though I really wish I could take them away. (laughs) These are things that I teach on as well. And there's going to be certain things that I'm going to have to put in place for my own postpartum period, because I know it's going to be tricky for me, even though I was a postpartum nurse for years And I helped so many others through the postpartum period and I help people with breastfeeding and I help people with things like baby massage, which helps them connect with their baby. And, and I teach them how to do skin to skin time, which helps to keep those, those hormones (laughs) working a little bit better when we're releasing good hormones like oxytocin, which is that feel good hormone. These are all things that I teach families, but I still know that the postpartum period is going to be tricky because not only is my body going to be recovering from giving birth, but I know that I'm also going to be running a little bit low on sleep. (laughs) That's always a tricky one for me. Sleep is high up on my list of important things for me to function. In fact, I really wanted to take a nap during this time. It's, It's afternoon time for me right now. This is when I start to feel really sleepy, especially when I am pregnant. 
But I got up, moved around the house, got myself a drink, and decided I should come and record my podcast episode today. So let's do this. Let's talk about it. So imagine this. Just imagine it with me, whether you are currently in this situation or not. (laughs) This will probably be very easy for you to imagine. So um, picture in your mind that you have been pregnant for nine long months. You've spent countless hours prepping for every detail of your labor and delivery experience. You did the childbirthing class. You spent hours researching the best OBGYN or midwife, and you've met with them every week leading up to your birth. You have a plan in place for pain control for your labor experience. You've literally mapped out the roads and drive time to the hospital that you are going to be delivering at. (laughs) You have packed your hospital bag. Honestly, you probably way overpacked it, which may be a topic for a future podcast episode on what to pack for your hospital bag coming from a postpartum nurse who has worked in the hospital and I have seen all the things that families have packed. Anyway, maybe we'll talk about that another another time if that's something you're interested in. But maybe you filled your hospital bag with five different pacifiers Five different swaddle blankets and baby outfits and cute bows and hats and stuffed animals. You found a place for your older kids to go in case you go into labor in the middle of the night. You bought a cute labor gown and download an app to track your contractions. Now, let me just pause right here and say that none of these things that I have listed are bad or unnecessary. You know, the cute labor gowns are way better than wearing those classic blue gowns that snap up above your shoulders and been on hundreds of women before you. (laughs) Anyway, we're kind of getting off track. Um, let's kind of focus back on this hypothetical situation when you're feeling as ready as you can for your labor and delivery experience, which you should, by the way. As a former childbirth educator, a little part of me cringes when I hear, oh, I'll just show up at the hospital and they'll tell me what to do right? Do I need to take a class beforehand? I'll just go in. The nurses will tell me what to do. My doctor knows what to do. I'm sure it'll all be fine. Now, I do, I'm do. i not saying here that you shouldn't prepare for labor and delivery because I do really believe that you should prepare yourself for labor and delivery. You should have a birth plan in place. You should think through beforehand what you want your birth environment to look like. So yes, please do prepare. That's not the point of this story. <laughs> Let me tell you what the point is. Let's get back to our story here and keep going. So imagine again with me, you're at the hospital And it's go time. You have your birth plan in your hand. This is the moment that you have spent countless hours wondering about, dreaming about. What will your baby look like? What color of hair will they have? Will they have any hair? How will the delivery go? 
can feel a bit uncertain about it all, but this is what you have spent all those hours, days, and weeks preparing for. Okay, so let's fast forward now through the whole delivery experience, (laughs) which sometimes we wish we could do that, but that's not exactly how it goes. So here we go. Your baby is now in your arms. You are so excited. You are elated, but you're also exhausted. You can't believe that this little human was just inside you. And now they're in your arms crying and sucking and cooing. How do you want to feel in that exact moment when that baby is placed into your arms? Do you want to feel confident? Probably so, right? You don't want to feel like, oh no, what do I do now? (laughs) That's not a great way to feel when that brand new baby is placed in your arms. What about... A day or two later, when your hospital stay is over and they wheel you down to your car, load you up, load your baby up in the car seat and wave goodbye. Now, if you're anything like me with my first, you may be thinking, um, do they know that I am not qualified to take care of this baby? (laughs) Are they sure that I'm okay taking this baby home? Shouldn't I stay here a little bit longer where they can help me and take care of my baby for me? Yes, that little baby is going to be sent home with you. That little baby is now yours to care for. Did you spend any time thinking or planning for the after, (laughs) the afterbirth? And no, I'm not talking about a cute nursery, and all the baby gadgets that you could buy online. I'm talking about a plan, a postpartum plan. Did you think about that? (laughs) Again, if you're like me with my first baby, you didn't think about it at all. You figured that, yeah, you'd probably get some meals from your church, which for me ended up being one meal, one dinner. (laughs) Surely that was enough support, right? No way. So is it any surprise that after my first baby, especially, I dealt with some postpartum depression? No. Looking back, it's no surprise. At that time, we lived in a small half underground condo that was dark. It was the dead of a very, very cold winter in Utah. I delivered in January with my first. So all the fun of Christmas and snow time and being together with presents and family and all that stuff was over. And it just was a cold, cold, dark January. (laughs) That felt like a very long month. And I had absolutely no postpartum plans. Okay, here's the question for you. Did you know that perinatal mood disorder and perinatal anxiety affect at least one in five birthing people during pregnancy and or during the first year after childbirth? Okay, so to break that down a little bit more for you, we have kind of strayed away from the words postpartum depression and postpartum anxiety, and now we call it perinatal mood disorder, 
and perinatal anxiety because, like I just explained, this can happen anytime during pregnancy and anytime during the first year of your baby being born. Now, I did do a recent podcast episode on um, on this topic where I talked more about maternal mental health. So I'm not going to dive deep into that today, but please know that there is help for that. Maybe it's counseling, maybe it's medication, and maybe it's just preparing better for the postpartum period. So that is what we're going to focus on today, how we can focus better how we can prepare better for the postpartum period and help decrease your chances of perinatal depression, perinatal anxiety, because both of them are very real. And one in five birthing people, um, those odds are pretty good. (laughs) Not a guarantee, but those odds are pretty high. So, For me, this time, things are going to look very different. First of all, this is my fourth baby. I have some very different plans in place than I did with my first baby. I am thinking more about ways that I can support myself during the postpartum period. I have bought very, very little baby items. (laughs) Now you may think, oh, you already have other kids. You already have all that baby stuff on hand. I really don't. I pretty much got rid of everything after my third. We've had a large gap. My youngest will almost be six by the time that this baby is born. And, um, yeah, I really don't have much on hand (laughs) to tell you the complete truth. But instead of going out and saying, okay, let's buy another crib and let's set up the nursery and focusing on all those things that I only focused on with my first, instead of investing in a good, uh, childbirthing class (laughs) beforehand. Um, this time what I'm doing instead is I'm thinking, okay, in the postpartum period, Maybe I do want to sign up for a grocery delivery um, subscription where they can deliver my groceries straight to my house. That might be a really good investment for me in the postpartum period, especially because I'm having this baby in the fall. It won't be the dead of winter, but I still know that I'm not really going to want to go out a whole lot. (laughs) So that for me is a better use of my money. And yeah, I have, you know, a handful of baby outfits on hand that all can be taken care of with time, but I do want to make sure that I am supported and that I am taking care of myself so that I can help decrease my chances of feeling these mood disorders in the postpartum period. Also this time around, I am planning to deliver at home. So that's going to look very different for me than delivering in the hospital and having hospital staff help take care of my baby. It's going to be me taking care of my baby. And honestly, I think that's really empowering because like I said, with my first, she went to the nursery a lot after being born and I felt really inadequate in how to care for her when they strapped us up in the car and waved goodbye. So whatever your delivery system is going to look like, um, that's going to be so individualized, but start to think through some things that would be helpful for you. And I'm going to help give you some examples today. So I put together 
Um, recently in the last year or two, a triple P planner, because what I found is that everyone just prepares, prepares, prepares for labor and delivery, and nobody thinks about the postpartum period. So in that, in that planner, it's just a simple ebook that helps you think beyond labor and delivery and think through some things that you would like to see happen in your postpartum period. And honestly, these things are so much more in your control than something like a birth plan. Of course, a birth plan is still really important. That is your guide map for your delivery. That's really important for your hospital staff to know about what's in your birth plan and your doctor or your midwife to be supportive of that birth plan. But honestly, a lot of these plans that you put together for your postpartum period are things that are in your control and you can even put them in place before you even deliver. Okay, so let's break it down. So tip number one is how to think about pre-birth, how to think about before you even deliver. This is the first P in my triple P ebook that you can download on my website, breezybabies.com. Okay. So yes, you do need to think things through before your baby ever comes. For example, what are your priorities? Would you really love help with meals, help with cleaning, help with childcare, help with getting sleep? So I highly recommend saving a small amount of money every week or every month of your pregnancy for a professional that can help support you. Yes, you. (laughs) Not always talking about support for your baby. For example, what about a postpartum doula? Have you heard of these? Do you even know that they exist? This is a wonderful human that you can hire to come and help you through your postpartum period. They help pick up around your house. They help you with meals. They help hold the baby while you take a nap. It is a glorious thing. And chances are that you have someone in your area who is a postpartum doula. They are all over the place. Or what about an IBCLC? Hey, yeah, that's me. Or a physical therapist for your pelvic floor or a chiropractor, because trust me, things don't just go back to normal after giving birth. Would a meal service be helpful for you? Putting aside money for a house cleaner. Can't afford these things. Well, sometimes insurance will cover them. Sometimes you can pay for them with things like a healthcare spending account. You can also ask for things like this at your baby shower. Trust me, the endless baby gadgets will likely go unused or only be used for a short time. That money will absolutely be better spent in support of you. You have to take care of yourself so that you can take care of your baby. Now, I know that this podcast episode said with little to no help. So if you do not have a support person in your life, hire one. Like I said, doulas are great. If you can't pay a doula what they're worth, find a doula in training. She will likely charge a much lower rate. Some hospitals even have volunteer doulas who can help you in the hospital. Obviously, that's not one that you can take care or sorry, that you can take home with you. Um, If your hospital doesn't have a doula, then find a friend. Have them go with you to all your childbirthing classes. 
have them be part of the process. I saw this happen time and time again when I taught childbirthing classes. Most people did come with their spouse or significant other, but not all the time. There was a handful of women who came with a good friend who was going to be their support person through the birth and also through the postpartum period. So that is completely an option. Okay, tip number two is I want you to think about present birth, right? When you're actually in the birth <laughs> environment and surrounding that time. This is the second P in my triple P ebook. And I want you to think about what your secret weapons are going to be to help you to calm your baby and to help them to develop the way that they need to, not only so that they can feed correctly, but also so that their little bodies can just grow and develop the way that they need to, even if you're not breastfeeding. So is your secret weapon going to be baby massage, skin to skin time, tummy time, baby wearing, swaddling, giving a pacifier. What are some of your secret weapons going to be thinking that through beforehand, then you can be really wise about what you do want to spend your money on. Maybe you do want to buy some baby gadgets. Maybe you do want to buy a really great wrap or carrier or sling to carry your baby around the house. And that could be a really great investment for you. All right, tip number three, let's talk about post-birth. This is the third P in the triple P. So here's a question for you. What are some ways that your support person can feel involved? Did you know that your support person can do things like skin to skin, singing songs, baby massage, changing diapers, tummy time, reading books, going for a walk? The list could honestly go on and on, but hopefully just a few of those things can help get your wheels turning because especially if you're breastfeeding, sometimes your support person feels a little left out and they feel a little bit lost, but there is still so many things that they can do. Another example is changing diapers. Who will change the diapers? This can be something that you can think through and talk about before your baby is even born. Who will wash your pump parts if you're planning to pump? These are important things to discuss with your support person. Will one of you take the day diaper changes and the other one will take the nights? Will one take the weekdays and the other take the weekends? This sounds like a small thing, but trust me, it's not. This tiny baby will often turn you and your support person against each other. (laughs) Don't let your baby do that. Put some good plans in place before that little sunspot is even born. Again, these are just some examples. You might not have a support person who lives with you or who is able to be around much. Maybe depending on their job, they aren't able to be home much. So again, find a neighbor, find a friend who also has had a baby. They know what it's like. Before I had kids, I was a horrible support person. I did not get how hard it was in the postpartum period. So it may not feel like there's much help around, but there always is. And things will feel more doable if you set yourself up for success beforehand. Again, have a good plan in place. If you want some help having a plan of your own for the postpartum period, again, I do have a triple P postpartum planner ebook. It's for sale on my website, breezybabies.com. 
you can snag that. At this time of the recording, it's only 10 bucks on my website. So cute. You can download it. You can fill it out or you can print it off and share it with everyone in your life who is going to be supporting you through your postpartum period. And I can't wait to see you make your postpartum period more breezy. (laughs) I can't wait to see you smooth out some of those bumps in the road. And you're going to do awesome, right? And even if things don't go perfectly, which they won't because there's no such thing as perfect, you're going to do it just the way that's right for you and just the way that's right for your family. Of course, I'm going to leave you with, you are strong, you are smart, you are beautiful, you are a good friend to all. Bye! Bye!